0: the fall He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our diseases and sicknesses and carried our pain. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter as a sheep before his shears is silent so he did not open his mouth by oppression and judgment he was taken away and who can speak of his descendants for he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of my people he was stricken He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. And the suffering of his soul he will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will make righteous many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong. Because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Isaiah 53. Our Lord, Jesus, the Lamb of God. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. I pray God's blessing for you as you listen to this broadcast today. I ask that you would consider the Christmas need for this broadcast that at the end of December the expenses are very high. I'd like to ask, would you consider Sending a very generous gift. I don't like to talk about money. And yet I recognize that I need some way to know that you're listening and that you care. And I know that by what you do. Many of you have never responded once to the invitation to give. But you listen every day. Others of you, it's been two or three months since I've heard from you. This would be a wonderful time to reconnect and say thank you for these broadcasts day by day. I don't like taking this precious time to talk about money, but I have to face the fiduciary responsibility of paying this radio bill month by month, and I have no way to do it except I stand by faith and pray for you. And ask the Lord to move in your heart to be generous and to give. I don't want to come to the end of the month after Christmas. And have to come back and ask again with an offertory. So would you give now in gratitude to this Jesus. We're going to talk about him today. Oh, how I love Jesus. And how I desire to be a lamb like he was. And so I come not to pressure you, but to simply ask, will you give? And I have to say thank you to some of you who have already sent personal Christmas gifts. I'm not asking for that. I'm saying thank you for those of you who have remembered Alexander and myself personally. That's been a real surprise. That's never happened to us before. So thank you. You can write to us at Pastor Ray Greenley, the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, that's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And I'll give you that address once more at the end of the broadcast. Now, O Lord, I trust you to move in the hearts of each who's listening to give and to be generous. This is your broadcast. I come at your command. And you've promised to carry me through. So I trust that you are carrying us and will continue to carry us. Each month you've covered the cost. Lord, I thank you. We bless your holy name today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The humility of, of God is so profound in the pouring out of Jesus' life for us. A God of pride and arrogance would never have considered doing such a thing, but our God did. And I am deeply touched beyond words, beyond tears, that this God filled with humility would reach down with a lamb, not a wolf, not a lion, not an elephant. He would reach down with a lamb. Now, surely, a lamb, the simple lamb, is the simplest of all of God's creatures. It has no schemes or plans for helping itself. It exists in helplessness and simplicity. Jesus made himself as nothing for us and became the simple lamb. This is the term that is used in the book, The Calvary Road by Roy Hessen. I like it. He had no strength of his own or wisdom of his own, no schemes to get himself out of difficulties, just simple dependence on the Father all the time. The Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. That's what Jesus said. But how complicated we are! What schemes we've had! For helping ourselves and getting ourselves out of difficulties always have a backup plan like a cat that always lands on its feet what effort of our own we have resorted to to live the christian life and to do good works as if we were as if we were something and could do something the dove of god the holy spirit will never light on a man or a woman who's operating in all of his schemes for success. Now, part of what is so incredible to me about Jesus is that the Holy Spirit lighted on Jesus as a dove, the gentlest of birds. He came as a dove, not an eagle, not a hawk, Not a blue jay with its raucous cry. He came as a dove. And he lighted on Jesus. Now, just a reminder, you recognize that Jesus did no miracles until the dove of God landed on him. Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. I do only what the Father tells me. Remember yesterday, we talked about how Jesus was in the Father, and the Father was in him, and he's inviting us to be in him, and he and the Father to be in us. Now, in that position, there's absolute humility on our part, because the Holy Spirit wants to produce something in us so that we will bear fruit for eternity, We are not the producers. The Holy Spirit is the producer. Jesus did not produce in his life. He simply was moved upon by the Holy Spirit, the dove. And in that gentle, symbiotic relationship, in the beauty of that humility of God, our salvation was produced. Now you see the same the same thing happened at the very beginning of Jesus' life. Let me read this for you. It's a wonderful part of the Christmas story. and if you don't mind today, I just want to read some portions of Scripture to you. I want it to soak into your heart. I want you to understand you can drop your facade of power and authority and pride. You're not going to figure it out. You're not going to be the producer when you are not under the blessing of God. Only the Holy Spirit can produce through us what he desires to produce. And as long as you see yourself as the one who must act and produce, the Holy Spirit will never light on you. Luke, the first chapter, verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered, What kind of greeting is this? But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. The kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born, you notice it is not the Holy One to be produced. Mary's not going to produce a baby. The Holy Spirit is going to produce a baby. He will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And the angel left her. Did you catch it? Mary was humble, Mary was simple, unaffected. All she wanted to know was, how do I go about this? Because I'm not married. I'm a virgin. So what do you want me to do? And and the angel says, the Holy Spirit will do it. He's going to come and overshadow you. And he's going to produce a child in your womb. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leapt. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, wait a minute. The dove is coming down on Elizabeth as well in mighty power because she too is humble before God. She didn't produce John the Baptist. She bore him. She bore him as fruit from God. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. And why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said. To her it will be accomplished. The humility of these two precious women who understand how to be humble before God They understand and are gentle. They're gentle. They understand the humility of God. And God comes down. And the dove lights on Mary. And the humility of God, by the Holy Spirit, enters her soul and her womb to produce a humble child not anything to attract our attention not going to come as a dancing king not going to come as a a royal figure demanding authority no he's going to come as a suffering servant Isaiah the whole section of Isaiah 40 41 42 40 that whole section the suffering servant of God Until you get to Isaiah 53 where the suffering servant of God, there's nothing to attract our attention. He's going to suffer for us. This is the humility of God. What an awesome truth that God wants to produce something in Mary. This is... The very heart of the Christmas story. God. Leaving his throne of power and glory. God. Coming to be born as a baby in a poor home. Where there's no room in the inn. Wrapped in swaddling clothes and placed in a manger. With the farm animals all around. Probably in a cave. Not even a barn as we would know it. But the hay was sweet. And I'm sure the swaddling clothes were clean. And the baby was God. The pre-existent creator god who came down with thunder and lightning on mount sinai to scare the israelites to cause them to obey but they wouldn't obey they couldn't be scared badly enough to obey we can never obey god because we're scared of god what attracts us to god is his humility his humbleness of heart his compassion his mercy see jesus the humble baby humble child of God and then we see this this amazing God as he goes to the cross we see this amazing man Jesus you know what the word Jesus means don't you he saves his people from their sin. And in Luke 22, we find Judas agreeing to betray, to sell out. God. It's beyond my understanding. Luke, the 22nd chapter, verse sixty three the men who were guarding jesus began mocking and beating him these are jewish men they blindfolded him and demanded prophesy who hit you and they said many other insulting things to him at daybreak the council of the elders of the people both the chief priests and the teachers of the law met together and jesus was led before them if you are the christ they said tell us Jesus answered, If I tell you, you will not believe me, and if I ask you, you would not answer. But from now on the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. And they all asked, Are you then the Son of God? He replied, You are right in saying that I am. And they said, Why do we need any more testimony? And they took him to Pilate to accuse him and they said we have found this man subverting our nation he opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Christ a king liars 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 how dare they lie against the son of God against God himself against truth incarnate Pilate asked, are you the king of the Jews? Yes. It is as you say, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests in the crowd, I find no basis of a charge against this man. But they insisted. He stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and he's come all the way here. When Pilate heard this, he sent him to Herod. He didn't want to deal with it. He kicked the can down the road. Oh, my brother, my sister. This magnificent man. This humility of God incarnate. He was produced by the Holy Spirit. And all of his miracles and all of his words were produced by the dove lighting on the lamb. The gentle creature. He opened not his mouth. He came as one dumb before his shears. In John, the first chapter, the gospel of John, in the first chapter, verse 10, He was in the world, and though the world was made through Him, the world did not recognize Him. He came to that which was His own, but His own did not receive Him, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. I want to read that to you again. Catch it. Understand what I'm saying. To all who received him, To those who believe in his name. That is, to those who will humble their hearts, who will give up their pride, who will say, Yes, Jesus. He gave the right to become children of God. Now you don't have to exercise that right. But you're free to. This is the hardcore decision that every man and every woman has to make. We look at this humility of God standing before us. We see this Lamb of God, and he is so different than we who are of the world. He's not a wolf. He's not a hawk. He's not an eagle. He's a lamb humble. No schemes. Everything is above board. Everything is plain and out in the open. And he calls us to come transparent before him and utterly give up the ways of darkness and utterly give up our sin that we too can be filled with the dove To remodel our lives in such a manner that Jesus can come and dwell in us. I don't know how to even begin to talk about this in a way you'll understand. The humility of God is so deep that He's willing to come to a sinner and say if you will humble your heart and you will become a lamb I'm willing to come and live in you God the king of kings and the lord of lords the majesty of heaven willing to humble himself to come and make you righteous to make you innocent, to wash and cleanse you, to break the power of sin in your life, to release you from the captivity to the devil. He's willing to release you. He wants to live in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. to all who receive him to those who believed in his name he gave the right to become the children of god children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will but born of god in other words you are not the producer of this righteousness that god wants to bring into your life god is the producer by the power of the dove by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is not something you wake up one morning and say, you know what? I don't like doing this anymore. I'm just going to give up fornication. I'm just going to give up pornography. I'm going to just give up lying and cheating and stealing. I'm just going to give up bitterness and anger and pride self-sufficiency, I'm just going to give all that up and I'm going to be a righteous man. No, it doesn't happen that way. It happens when you're willing to humble your heart and say, Jesus, I repent and I renounce these ways of darkness. Would you come now and would you produce in me true righteousness, innocence, innocence, Would you change me into a new man? Would you change me into a new woman? Would you make me clean before you? And would you break the power of all sin in my life? Will you wash me and make me clean? God is so humble. He's willing to come and do that for you. He loves you. Now, the Holy Spirit is the only one who can come and produce all of this in your life. The Holy Spirit comes and he begins to call you to follow Jesus. He begins to trouble you over your sin. He tries to get you to see that all of your schemes, all of your plans are not working the way you had hoped they would work. And the dove wants to come and light on you. When Jesus, in his humility, was willing to be shorn of all of his rights He was willing to be shorn of his reputation and every human liberty that was justly his. Just as the lamb is shorn of his wool, he did not resist. A lamb doesn't resist being shorn either. When he was reviled for our sake, he did not curse back. He didn't respond to the slaps and the kicks and the punches and the spit by kicking and slapping back. When he suffered humiliation, he did not threaten back. He never said, you can't treat me like this. Don't you know that I'm the son of God? But we... Oh, it's a different picture, isn't it? On how many occasions have you been unwilling to be shorn of that which is your right? We're not willing, for his sake, to lose what we own. We insist that we should be treated with respect due to our position. We resist and we fight. And because of that, the dove flies away because we are unwilling to be shorn of our rights. And so we're left without peace. We're left with a hard heart. We're left with bitterness with a heart that is unloving and unforgiving. Jesus was silent before those who made their false accusations, as a sheep before his shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He faced all of the wickedness of man. And he answered nothing. He did not defend himself. He did not explain himself. He did not justify himself. Have you been silent when others have said unkind or untrue things about you? Is your voice raised with loud self-defense and self-vindication has there been anger in your voice? And do you know what I have to answer? Yes. <laughs> Too many times I have responded like a wolf and not like a lamb. And I have excused myself, I have justified myself. And I have not admitted, frankly, my wrong. And when I have done that, the Holy Spirit has left me. He has withdrawn his peace and his blessing from my heart because I was not willing to be silent. I'm speaking about the day-to-day activities I'm talking about being treated unjustly at work or in your family with sons or daughters saying things that are untrue about you, lying about you. (laughs) One man whose daughter has so turned in bitterness against him Year after year he endured it patiently and just recently he has reported that his son and daughter-in-law have softened their hearts and have begun to reach out and there's great joy in his heart. There's always great joy in our heart when we see the wicked turn And we see the lies broken. But this is something the Holy Spirit has to produce. I can't produce that. And by God's grace, I now choose to walk silent before my accusers. I choose to humble my heart and be as Jesus. Do you have a chip on your shoulder today? Are you angry today? Do you live with anger day after day, defending yourself, accusing others? Do you have a chip on your shoulder today? Just daring somebody to come along and knock it off. And always there's somebody who's eager to come and knock the chip off your shoulder and get into a fight with you. And it's not your fault. You were just going about your business, right? (laughs) No. See, Jesus was also the spotless lamb. Not only did nothing escape his lips, but there was nothing in his heart but love for those who sent him to the cross. There was no resentment toward them, there were no grudges, there was no bitterness. Even as they were putting the nails through his hands, he was murmuring, I forgive you, and he asked the Father to forgive them as well. He was willing to suffer in his meekness for us. But what resentment and bitterness have not we had in our hearts toward this one or that one and over so much less than what they did to jesus each reaction left a stain on our heart and the dove of god had to fly away because we were not willing to bear it and forgive it in the name of jesus These, then, are the acts and the attitudes which drive the Holy Spirit from our lives. As far as present, blessing is concerned, and they are all sin. These reactions of bitterness and anger and revenge are all of darkness. Sin is the only thing that hinders the revival of the church. The question of all questions For us just now is, how can this dove return to our lives with his peace and with his power? And the answer is again very simple, the Lamb of God. For he is not only the simple lamb and the shorn lamb, he is the silent lamb and the spotless lamb, but above everything else, he is our substitute lamb. To the Jews, the Lamb was offered to God always as a substitute Lamb. Its meekness, submissiveness, was only incidental to its main work, that of being slain for his sin and of its blood being sprinkled on the altar to atone for it. The humility of the Lord Jesus his becoming our Lamb. was necessary that he might go to the cross as our as our substitute, our scapegoat, carrying our sins in his body on the tree that we might be forgiven for our sins and cleansing us from all the stains. And as we repent, that blood is applied. Now, please hear me. We're almost out of time for this broadcast. I want you to get one, one, Thing very clear in your heart you are not called by god to be the producer you are called by god to bear the fruit of the holy spirit love joy patience long-suffering kindness gentleness you are called to bear the fruit of the holy spirit and as you do that the lamb of god even as he produced under the power of the spirit the spirit of god moved in him and produced righteousness and and every other gift that jesus brought to us the holy spirit will come to you but the main center of your life can no longer be your schemes for producing the life you desire you give up your life and you follow jesus you take the time to read the scriptures and to pray You take the time to sit before him and let him do his work in your heart. I want you to catch this. If you are not righteous before God, if you are still walking in your sin, you are hurting the Lamb of God and you are crucifying him afresh. God does not live in linear time He lives in eternity. And every moment is his present time, past, present, and future. And your sin crucifies him and breaks his heart. He, in turn, wants to break your proud heart. He wants you to repent. And get serious about following him and allowing him to begin to produce in your life for the kingdom of God. We ask someone, What is the Great Commission? They didn't know, they had not heard of it. This is a person who's been in church for many years. They didn't know. The Great Commission is what God wants to produce and fulfill in your life. Do you know what it is? Look it up. Google the Great Commission. Search it out. This is your commission. If you will follow Jesus, you're going to have to deal honestly with your sin. You're going to have to be willing to be broken. You're going to have to be willing to submit and repent. If the blood of the Lamb of God is going to cleanse you from your sin, and if you're going to have the dove of God come and light on your life. He humbled himself to the manger and even to Calvary's tree. But I am so proud and unwilling his humble disciple to be. He yielded his will to the Father and chose to abide in the light, but I prefer wrestling to resting to try by myself to do it right. Lord, break me. Bend me. Humble me. Cleanse me. Fill me. Keep me abiding in Thee, that fellowship may be unbroken, and Thy name be hallowed in me. This is the cry of my heart for You. Almighty God, You humbled your heart. You humbled yourself and came as a baby lived among us and died on a cross your humility is beyond my understanding i pray o oh jesus would you bring revival to this wicked city of washington dc will you bring revival to those cold-hearted lukewarm people who may be listening And will you encourage those who have humbled their hearts? And would you wash and cleanse them? And Holy Spirit, heavenly dove, would you come and rest on them and bring forth your glory? I pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I want so much for you. I want you to know Jesus I don't want you to be a churched person. I want you to be a Jesus person. (laughs) And I need to ask would you help cover the cost of this broadcast? Would you send your Christmas gift, your best gift? that the word of Jesus could continue to go forth on the air month after month. We need your help. I need your help. Alexandra will be back on the air with me. She's taken a short break. She'll be back on air with me soon. We're looking now at what we're going to move forward with in the new year. I would need to hear from you now, though. Please write to me, Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, that's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Your gifts will be used to cover the cost of this radio broadcast to keep it on the air. I've come at the command of Jesus and I'm sure he'll move in your hearts and you will give. Now you're also welcome to give online. Go to nationalprayerchapel.com And just click on the donate button and it will take you to PayPal. As soon as this broadcast is over, I'm going to go check that PayPal and see if any of you sent an offering. I love you. It's a privilege to talk with you about Jesus. Let us be humble of heart. Let us be filled with the Holy Spirit. God bless you, I love you, I'll talk to you soon.
1: With great joy now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy with